hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I really? think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. We absolutely <laughs> have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. That's right. As it says on the box, Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week. And this is episode 25 is Stephen Frenick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are things? Mate, excellent. We do it thanks to the good people at Samsung Smart TV and netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about those people as we progress along. We've got a stack to get through, so let's get cracking. tough to do anything other than lead with the big story of the, of, the, of the last 24 hours as we record on a Tuesday, but Google have opened up the checkbook, and I don't even know how many zeros are in it, but they've written a $12.5 billion tentative check to uh, buy Motorola Mobile, and um, this, is a, this is not just a, a hardware play, this is a very important strategic play for Google, and it really is a, is a bit of the start of the new guard in terms of returning to the old guard of, of management and leadership at Google, I think, Steve. Absolutely, yeah. This is a huge story, and it's really going to shake up the smartphone industry. I think the whole market is uh, is quite lucrative, and obviously, it's it's very competitive. Uh, but I think this is really aimed at trying to sort of take on Apple at their own game. Now, we know that Apple have developed their own ecosystem of hardware with their software. I think this is Google's play to, they've already developed Android, as we know. Having a hardware manufacturer on their side now, that they own them, uh, I'm pretty sure their $12.5 billion check's going to (laughs) clear. This is... uh, this is a really big step for them, I think, to really gain some more market share in, uh, in, in the smartphone market. So there's three interesting things for me. One, the first one is if the deal doesn't go ahead, because you know these are business deals, there's due diligence and all those things. If the deal doesn't go ahead, Google have already agreed to pay $2.5 billion just if the deal doesn't go ahead. So wow. if you're at Motorola, you'd kind of be thinking, geez, I hate that something goes wrong. $2.5 billion. The, the other thing is, nothing. Exactly. So the other thing is, the important things that I see in it are, that I've, I've seen mention of them wanting to control the user experience end-to-end, which is an important thing because the, the Android experience does differ uh, from manufacturer yeah. to manufacturer to device to device. And that's fine. That's what they want with an open platform. But what they're trying to say here is that, you know, we see a vision for Android. We see a way that it should be used. And we want to actually control that. And potentially what, what we'll see, I think, is that the Motorola implementation of Android within the hardware and within the usability is you would say that they're aiming for that to be industry best so that Samsung and, and, and HTC and LG and all these other players uh, continue to strive and work towards whatever Google are doing in their hardware platform because it'll be so competitive. Yeah, but I think there, there's, some, there's several questions that have now come up. People are wondering what this is going to mean for not only for Google themselves and for Motorola, but for the other Android uh, manufacturers. Mm. Like we're talking, you mentioned them earlier, HCC, Samsung, Sony, Ericsson, LG, some pretty big names there. Uh, uh, you know, do the, you remember the questions Sony? I'm asking are these. Will they still allow, will Google still allow these other companies to make Android smartphones? That's one. 
What's going to happen to to the actual Android platform? Are they going to? Is Google going to make just some a super Android version for Motorola devices only, and let everyone else have the crumbs? And what's how's it going to impact the apps? Google market's huge, growing day by day. What do you think is going to happen with there in there? Well, look, I think um, if I were Larry Page trying to answer you on those things now, I think the very fact is that uh, Android will remain open. I think they've made that quite clear. Um, it would be wrong of them to even... It'd be anti-Google to, to do anything else. Um, I think the other players will obviously be put off, and I think it's a it's a step up for Windows Mobile um, because they'll be like, well, hang on, what are we going with Google for when we, you know, we may as well just go with Microsoft? Um, and I think the Android marketplace is still a real issue for the whole platform, and they need to work on that generally. So, look, it is interesting, but the other big and important thing we haven't mentioned here, and it's the kind of the third pillar for me, is... The, the patents. This is this is not yeah. just about the devices and, and the end-to-end experience. This is about saying, hello, Microsoft. Hello, Apple. <laughs> we own 17 to 25,000 patents for yeah. every stupid little thing that can the, be done. The, the, the tech equivalent of notches on the belt, aren't they? That's Trevor, right. The, uh, <laughs> the patents. <laughs> so so that they want they want to be able to stand face-to-face with, and that's what's going to happen. There's basically going to be a Wild West shootout here, and maybe that's what someone needs to do is just get, you know, uh, Microsoft, Google, and Apple into the OK Corral and just say, listen, well, let's, <laughs> let's just do it here, boys, and let's determine who wins the patent yeah. war. Um, Operating systems at 20 paces. <laughs> exactly. So, oh, look, I... I'm kind of positive about it because oh, Mot- I think it's a great move. Yeah. Motorola has have been flagging over the last few years. It's been a, it's been a little bit of a struggle. The Razer was such an important device for them, such a popular device, but they haven't been able to carry since then. They've had some nice devices, but yes. you know, and you mentioned Sony. Do you remember Sony said to 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 me, and I think they said to you as well, they want to be number one in Android. And that yeah. was a big call. That was when, like, Huge the Xperia course. Play came out. It was a big call, um, but but that's what they want to do. So does this change Sony's view? Like, hey, it's pretty hard to be the number one well, player yeah, when, when well, the, the, the operating system maker is making phones. Absolutely right. And don't forget, there's other... T- Companies like HTC and Samsung that may have something to say about that as mm. well. So they're no, they're no, they're quite massive. They're, they're probably leaders in the Android market at the moment. G- you know, Google have already made have had an HTC and Samsung that actually made it on their behalf mm. uh, with the Nexus and the Nexus S. Uh, we, we're going to see. Are we going to see a Motorola? Motorola flavored Nexus coming up. There's so many things that we're wondering, and uh, it's uh, well, it'll all be made clear pretty soon, I think. It will. So we'll have to follow it with interest on uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, and of course, TechGuide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, you and I are both pretty big car fans. We, we we love cars maybe as much as we love our tech, you and I, Trevor. And but not as was, much as we was... love our families, just <laughs> to be course. clear, in case they bother to listen for the first time ever. <laughs> yes, we love you, children, and uh, and our darling wives. But uh, anyway, we've both been driving around in uh, pretty flash Ford Focus Titaniums. Mm. And now this car is, while we're not motoring writers, or you may think you're a motoring writer, <laughs> we have been... Given these cars because they're just absolutely filled to the full to the gills with yes. technology. That's the most gadget-filled car I've ever driven. It's it's it is it's stunning technology too, though. I'm I'm really impressed with it, and we kind of hinted towards it last week. The bottom line here is there's a couple of great features that that for thirty two and a half thousand dollars make you really take your take your breath away. You go, hang on a minute, is this a Mercedes at a hundred thousand that's that's parking itself and that's got radar adaptive cruise control? Now we'll talk about them in a minute, but let me tell you, 
my favourite feature, and it's it's you're not going to expect this. It's the speed limiter. Now, plenty of cars have the ability to say, I want you to tell me, you know, 100 k's an hour, beep at me. And it beeps at you, and you go, yeah, go away, and you press a button. It, what I did with the speed limiter function on this thing, I drive in traffic every day, like to and from work, Artarman to Hornsby. And, and I, going up Pacific Highway, it's, it's a nightmare traffic-wise. You set the traffic, the, the speed limiter to 60. And here's what happens, mate. You stop worrying about your speed. All you worry about is where you are, what lane you're in, what's happening in front of you, and what braking you need to do. It actually made me focus more on the road and, frankly, relax more on the hence, road. Hence the name, Trevor, the Ford Focus. You've hit it there. <laughs> exactly. But what I quite liked, and whenever people ask me about the car, the first thing I told them about, well, it's that car that parks itself mm. on the ad. <laughs> and uh, to me, that, that was an amazing feature. Now, reverse parking... I'm not a bad reverse parker, I've got to say, Trevor. I don't, I've got no trouble reverse parking. But this made it a hell of a lot easier. But I've got to say, it took me a little while to trust the car. Yes. So if you see that wheel turning without you doing anything, it kind of uh, – it, 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 I was tempted to grab onto that wheel again. But now, I, I, after one, one attempt at it, I did trust it. And just all you had to do was control the brake and the accelerator. And it actually – it uses ultrasonic sensors like front and back – and actually performs a nice reverse park. So if anyone nervously is a nervous reverse parker, this is the car for them. And just quickly, I would say I didn't test it extensively in terms of gaps, but I think you do need a big gap to get into. It doesn't do little narrow gaps. Yeah, it, it tight, just, tight yeah. spots here. You need some space. Yeah, exactly. Now, I um, I did a video of it, so um, I've got that on yourtechlife.com. You're welcome to put it on Tech Guide, mate, which has got a, got a picture of the, the whole reverse parking thing in it. And the other thing, just quickly, is the um, is the adaptive cruise control. So you're, you're going along a freeway, at 90 k's an hour and you know you go this is my speed so instead of just setting your speed to 90 in a normal cruise control if the car in front of you slows down you'll run him up the bum you have to brake yourself with adaptive cruise control which is very big in the big $100,000 cars um, you press adaptive cruise control and it sets your speed to 90 but if the car in front slows down your car slows down and maintains the gap. And then when it speeds up again, it takes you back to your limit of 90. So look a really simple thing that works really really well. One other thing I wanted to mention before we finish up on this is the voice control. Yep, that was a, that was a, one of my favourite features after the park assist. It, really, it lets you control the car just by talking to it. Now I mean controlling your audio, your air conditioning, the fa- your mobile phone. That was mm. a big one. So the true hands-free operation. You can call numbers. You can adjust. You know, set temperature to twenty-two degrees. You can demist your windows. Set the tracks of playlists on your on your audio as well. Mm. That was a really cool feature too for I, me. I thought it was good. But to be honest, it didn't it didn't impress me. You know, temperature twenty two worked well. That was good. Didn't have to look down at the temperature thing. But um, you know, to to enable the CD player, you know, to press play on the CD to change change tracks, it's just a little bit easier to use the steering wheel control. I liked it making calls. That was that was my favorite bit. Like call home or call yeah, you know, and and it all and it downloaded my contact book really quickly too. And another feature I liked too was that it remembers your caller. Say I made a call outside the car. Mm. Uh, and went, once I paired that, once I got in the car again, and, and the phone paired up to the car again, the call that I made outside the car was appeared in the outgoing call lists. Mm. So you you could then ring that number rather than have to dig through it again. If you just got off the phone to someone and needed to call them back, it was there. Really good integration. That's the Ford Focus Titanium available now, and it's uh, thirty two thousand five hundred dollars. A great deal for all that uh, technology inside. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. 
Yeah, two blokes talking tech. He's uh, brought to you by Samsung Smart TV. Now, the idiot box is no longer, Trevor. Smart TVs are here. These the connected devices, as connected as your computers nowadays, and they're, they're the gateway to apps. We're used to seeing apps on our smartphones. Now we can have them full screen on our televisions. Yeah. There's a wide variety of apps, too, to choose from. So many categories, games, sports, social networking, lifestyle, you name it. Uh, another great feature, too, of having a connected TV like the Samsung Smart TV is browsing the web on the best monitor in your house, which is your television. Now, all websites look amazing in, on, on this big screen, including all the flash-enabled websites. They look pretty cool. Uh, there's also a gateway to content, so you can download all kinds. You can watch YouTube, you can download videos, uh, and you can even do all your social networking. I know you're a big social networker, Trevor. You can sit in front of your smart TV, get onto Twitter, get onto Facebook, update your status, and all of that's at your fingertips with a great remote control that's got a QWERTY keyboard so you can do all your typing without having to stuff around with an on-screen keyboard. It's all there on the remote. And, we'll got, we'll, and we mustn't forget, too, that the Samsung Smart TV is also a 3D TV. So if you've got some great Blu-ray content or if there's any uh, Foxtel content you want to watch... Or you've got Samsung, a 3D phone. You want to plug the 3D phone and you want to show movies you've, you've shot on a 3D phone. Very Absolutely. cool. will work nicely. But also, too, if there's not enough to 3D content, you can create your own with the 2D to 3D converter. Uh, another wind of the Rabbitohs, by the way, looks great in 3D. <laughs> so that's all available <sighs> through Samsung. Samsung apps and the Samsung web browser are available on all the Samsung smart TV models. And if you want any more information, visit samsung.com.au slash TV. And if you want to be bored to tears about the Rabbitohs, follow Stephen Fennick on Twitter. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking uh, Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. That is us. I'm Trevor Long, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Now, um, I, I often am uh, sent out on a Sunday evening, and my gosh, Woolworths is a busy place on a Sunday evening. And may I, ha- I don't have an iPhone, I have an iPad, and I often have, I've got a few apps here called Grocery This and Shoplist That. I've tried everything in terms of getting a shopping list going. Mate, Woolworths this week, this week released their own free smartphone app. It's it's for the um, iPhone only at the moment, but it works fine on the iPad. This is terrific. It yes. is it is bloody marvelous. And you know, it it's not just a list. You can you can walk into your pantry, scan an item on the barcode. It pops up on the screen, add it to a shopping list, and then it sorts your shopping list by aisles in the supermarket. That is what that's one of my favourite features actually, because it lets you type in your postcode and finds your nearest Woolworths or wherever you go, and it adjusts that list so the 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 order of your shopping is adjusted depending on the store you visit. And so I, say your my, hmm. my store up here at East Gardens is, is ordered in one way. You may go to the store at Bondi. It's it's reordered in another way, and it. Can and guide you through the the uh, all down the aisles in the right order, so you can get in and out even quicker. And and I've tried that with uh, I switched stores from Thornley to Hornsby and it updated itself. The only thing I'd say about that and a warning to people, um, it's got the aisles in in correct uh, numerical order, or you can reverse them. But the bakery, the deli, the kind of fresh food or whatever the other sections are, they're not really in in order as you walk in. So you've just got to be mindful of that when you go in. I'll just give you that little tidbit. But here's the other most important thing is the well, I'd actually call it social integration but it's not it's it's kind of customer relationship i'm an everyday rewards card holder it gets me my, my so skill discount
once you type in your details, not only can you see the fuel that you've redeemed and can you see the fuel that's coming up, but you can click on the specials. And I didn't know this. I spoke to a bloke um, from Woolworths on Your Tech Life, and he said, oh, we send you an email every whenever. And I went, mate, I've never seen it. I don't read it. Sorry. Um, but they send you an email, and this I is available. This is Well, I don't read them. This is available in the app. So it, it, I said to my wife, I clicked on this thing, and I said, I'm freaking out here. This thing's suggesting dairy milk, <laughs> chocolate, um, peaches, Coke. It's still <laughs> suggesting everything that I eat. Because it, it knows what I buy. Now, people, some people are freaking out about privacy. Just relax, everyone. It's a one-to-one relationship between you and Woolworths. It's, it's simple data analysis on what you spend and what you buy. And it's a great thing to give you the yeah. specials that relate to you. They've really done a good job with this app. It's optimized for the iPhone 3GS and the iPhone 4. And it's a great example of how they've combined this the location-based service with their stores and brought everything together. I love the barcode scanner. Putting together that shopping list has never been easier and they've put it all together in a pretty nice package. And the only thing I've suggested to them is they get uh, on every shopping trolley, they get a little iPhone holder or an iPad holder so that you can uh, have an easy navigation around the store. Now, Apple, uh, after they, or just before they released Lion, actually, they also announced that they were updating uh, their MacBook Air, but also their Mac Mini. Now, for those who don't know, the Mac Mini is what uh, a lot of people call the headless Mac. It doesn't come with a monitor, doesn't come with a keyboard or a mouse. It's just the computer, and it's quite a small device. It's only 19.7 centimetres square, uh, and it's only 3.6 centimetres high, so it's quite discreet. You can put it anywhere on your desktop. I decided, though, to set it up, uh, connected it to a 46-inch LED full HD television. Now, it's got a HDMI connection at the back. It's got all, uh, it, Ethernet connection or Wi-Fi if you want to connect it to, to your network. But it's also can have – I had a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse. I actually sat it, them on my desk. I had a computer – running off my high-definition TV. You're a freak. And performance-wise, a- for such a small unit, what is the performance like? Well, it is, it, it's got the, uh, the i5, i7 processor if you want to upgrade to that. It's got a really good graphics processors too, either the Intel or the AMD Radeon. So or despite it being small, you can't discount the power because it's still got all the processing power you'd find on an iMac or a MacBook Pro. Uh, it it's, can, can churn through anything. Like I was just thinking having it on such a big screen, it would be perfect for, say, film editors, uh, photo editors, or anyone who just wants to use it as a multimedia device. Uh, but one thing, I only found one fault with it is that they've got rid of the DVD drive. Oh, now, yes. like the MacBook Air, there's no MacBook Air in, no drive in the MacBook Air because they want to keep it thin and light. But this is a device you're going to park underneath your TV or on your desk. So I don't, and it hasn't actually affected the actual form factor of the product not having the DVD drive. Uh, it just makes one less feature that, that they've taken out just for the sake of it. I think they should have left that in. Price point? Uh, they start at $699. That's for the 2.3 gigahertz, i5, 2 gig of RAM, and then it moves up to $899. You can get 2.5 gigahertz, uh, 4 gig of RAM, and 500 gig hard drive. But uh, they're pretty good handy unit if you want to use it as a, maybe a second, second computer or as a multimedia device. And if you're really close to your monitor, your keyboard, and your mouse, you don't want to change them and want to move to a Mac, this is the way to do it. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, I uh, sent the HP Touchpad back today from so review. Did I. And I have to say, I didn't fall in love. 
I, 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 I enjoyed our time together. Um, we, we spent some quality <laughs> time like together. Sounds like a summer romance. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it was a winter romance. It was a week, <laughs> week-long fling, and um, my wife watched on. So the, it, I don't mind it. It was an okay device. Um, it's beautiful. The, the user interface is actually beautiful. I do like it. Um, the, the, the multitasking is pure. It's very good. The social uh, layer that they put into uh, across every application so like the photos and stuff like that really do, really does work well it's just it's it's it is it is you're going to hate me it's kind of big and bulky in feel when you compare I was it to ask iPad you that. 2 I thought you might have found this a bit heavy it, well I didn't say heavy I said big and bulky it's like uh, <laughs> it's like my good self it's uh, just a, just a big bone um well, <laughs> I, I didn't mind it I thought well on the design side um it, it, I agree it is a bit chunky it's actually a bit bigger than the iPad 1 I think this device and the back of it was uh, I I wrote this in my review on Tech Guide is that it had sort of piano black plastic on the back which shows mm. up just as many They're fingerprints on the back of it as it does on the front of it mm. so it was a fingerprint magnet this thing but uh, I, 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 I like you love the operating system performance wise I thought it lagged a little bit when you're opening up uh, different yes, apps and very true. between apps there was a couple of seconds lag uh, yeah, not a deal breaker but something that other uh, other tablets you know obviously the iPad 2 things open up a bit faster uh, but I found I found it pretty good and, and I was surprised actually by the number of apps available too in the HP app catalogue you know there some good apps it. too like a good a great Facebook app um, there's a WordPress app there was a lot of good apps and Angry Birds too I think I think yes exactly I think people overstate the problem with the, with the HP app store in the sense that it doesn't have a large number but their quality that's the that's the thing about them. So yeah. it's just that the ongoing development and, and the number of apps that are going to come to it that's the issue. But look, and the other thing is, mate, yeah, they've, and listened to us. they've been listening to us. They did. Down comes the price. What by hundred bucks or something? Hundred bucks for sixteen gig was five ninety nine. Is now four ninety nine, and the thirty two gig down from six ninety nine to five ninety nine. So I think uh, you know maybe in the in the they may even knock that price. That's recommended retail. You may even find it even cheaper than that. I think they're selling it through Harvey Norman and unselected other retailers. So you may even get a better price than that. Can someone from a marketing agency or a ponytail Porsche driver from an ad agency or something? <laughs> can someone email me? Go to two blokes talk talkingtech.com and, and just send us an email. I don't understand. What's the strategy in that pricing? You bring something to market, you know it's too much, and what do you test the waters for a week and go nuts, not selling, bring down the price? Yeah, well, I don't well, they, get they it. They cut the price before. The release was actually on Monday, so they have brought it down before that. Oh. I think they knew going in, but I, I reckon it could do with even another price cut to make it it, a, a it real to alternative have. to the other it, tablets. It has to have another price. They're going to hate us because we, we recommended a price cut <laughs> and they brought it down. But my point is, really, I mean, you know that it's not the right price. Why you, Why do you test the waters in the, in the in terms of PR and the way we all respond to the price and then bring it down? It doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's um, that's life. It is, a, it is a nice device, worthwhile checking out if you're in the market for a tablet. You're not wedded to the iOS or the Apple ecosystem and, you, and you're shopping around. I, I, as we say, um, it's got some good apps. Just you know, check out what it's got before you buy it so you're not disappointed in terms of apps. But other than that, um, you'll, you'll be likely impressed. The HP Touchpad. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Travel on. Stephen Steve mentioned the good people at Samsung. Don't forget the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Uh, and this is all about connection, connecting your your world, connecting your environment. Now, a, a device I haven't spoken about for a long time is the Netgear Storer, which is a really simple entry-level network-attached storage device. You'll see these things referred to as NAS, NAS, 
But what it is, it's great for, for homes. It's great for people with just a couple of computers, you know, mum and dad and the kids or whatever, and you put this device, the Netgear Stora, S-T-O-R-A, Stora, you put it on your network, It's got you put a hard drive or two in it because uh, you can have multiple hard drive, two hard drives in it and they, they work in a configuration so the one backs up the other, which is great. Um, but what you can do is you, you, you store all your documents and your photos and your music and those kind of things on there as a, as a backup to your computer, which is a wonderful way to operate. But most importantly then, you can access those files and photos, whatever they are, across your network. So on any computer, you can access your files and photos and everything. But here's the even better thing. You can get them on the internet as well. So you can actually be, you can create your own cloud at home when you're at work or when you're away, you can actually access your own home storage without leaving your computers on. You just leave your modem, your router, and your Netgear store or any other Netgear and network attached storage device on and you'll be able to access it from home. Check out all of Netgear's uh, network attached storage devices, the ReadyNAS. I've got a ReadyNAS Ultra. It's a beautiful device and allows me to stay fully connected across the home. Netgear.com.au I am happy to admit at this point that I was a crazy Foursquare nutter um, for a while, okay? <laughs> I um, I was checking in left, right, and center, okay? Yeah. But I've never, ever, ever checked into a place on Facebook. I have, a, I have officially resigned from Foursquare. I find it to be completely useless and of no value to my life. But today, or sorry, this week, Facebook announced they're doing places deals, which allows you to, if you check into a Westfield store, you can get discounts at a couple of stores. They're doing a different store every week. If you check in at a KFC, you can get, I don't know, a Crusher or something. And if you check in at a 7-Eleven, you get something as well. You're not getting a dollar discount on, on value. You're getting a particular product, which obviously they're doing deals on. What do you think, mate? Do you think this is going to take off? This is smart, I think. Well, you know, the, the bricks and mortar stores are doing it tough against the, obviously, online. They're battling. Uh, this is a clever deal to bring people back to the stores. They check in, they get something, get a deal. Uh, smart move on their part. I think Commonwealth Bank, I think, offered a That's year's right, worth yes. of free ticket, movie tickets if you checked in and opened an account uh, and kept it put $400 in it for whatever I think whatever the deal was I mean really that's a compelling offer but it's it's not in the spirit of social check-ins you know Commonwealth Bank hello just give me I don't know give me a free dollar when I withdraw (laughs) 20 I don't know something get a free money box or something yeah it's got to be an immediate reward it's not that that just doesn't make sense to have to make such a big commitment well Commonwealth Bank want you there long term Trevor they don't want you in and out it's not a a fast food restaurant well hello KFC they're going okay with the deal 7-Eleven I think it's doing well, a few deals. I'm but, just uh, bagging Commonwealth, mate. I mean, Ralph Norris is. Uh, he, he's, did you see today? He's got his uh, pay cut in half to eight million dollars a year. Oh, the poor bugger. How will he anyway, survive? Champion, that? just chip out a little bit. But um, <laughs> I mean, look, if you if you're interested in the offers that are available at KFC and Seven Eleven, thing, it's a good idea. And I guess it'll be interesting to see because Facebook has a much better presence across the internet, across social than, than Foursquare currently, or frankly, ever will. So yep. look, a good combination. It's another revenue stream for Facebook, which is obviously a logical thing to be doing because they need to stay sustainable and, and and be a viable business. So look, I'd be interested to hear from people and we'll, we'll obviously be checking out our Facebook stream, Steve, to see who's checking in where and taking advantage of the free offers. Well, of uh, there's a great new Bluetooth product now for people who uh, you know they, they keep an eye on your valuables when you're travelling. This is good, really good product for travellers. It's called right. Secu for bags, which is secure for bags. Tip for I the tip for the product that. manufacturers: get a new name. 
Yes, I knew you wouldn't be a fan of that name, Trevor, but you will be a fan of what this product can do. Now, it's a credit card size Bluetooth transmitter. Now, what it is, you can place it in your wallet, in your bag, whatever you want to keep an eye on. Uh-huh. Say you're traveling, you know, it's not hard to be distracted. Someone walks off with your bag and it's gone. Like, uh-huh. Or if you, you may even leave a bag behind on the train or you leave your wallet in a restaurant, you don't know. So let's what say I to- put it in my laptop bag. I put this little card in my laptop bag. I'm sitting at a, a hotel uh, you know, cafe waiting for someone. Uh, and someone walks up and nicks my, nicks my laptop bag. What happens? Right. What happens? You, know, you download a free app, whether you're using what a BlackBerry, iPhone, Android, you name it, Windows. There's a free app that, that pairs. You, you download the app. You pair your, your Bluetooth on your device with the Secure for Bags credit card size device. And once that link is broken, that 10-meter radius, the range of Bluetooth is broken, a 100-decibel alarm sound. So if someone's, if someone's walking off with your bag and it breaks that 10-meter radius of the Bluetooth range, the alarm sounds. Now, 100 decibels, just to give, put you in the picture, is as loud as a truck passing or as loud as a chainsaw. So it can be quite loud. So if you happen to say you've walked off, you've left your bag behind, this massive alarm will sound and you'll think, oh, my God, I've left my bag behind, and then you go back and retrieve it. I've got to say, it's a bloody good idea. It's a terrific idea. Yeah, it's distributed in Australia by iWorld. Now, it's $99.95. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be available from next month, from September. But I think a great idea to help you keep your eye on your valuables and your ear on your valuables. You know, if you're traveling or you're on the move and, and you know, if you're just a forgetful person, like you, this, this thing can help you not walk out and leave things behind. Yeah, because that's the important thing. It's not just about theft. It's about, oh, my God, I can't believe I left my whatever wherever. That's a great idea. So basically the app just needs to be running in the background. That's right, yeah. So once once the transmitter's turned on in your bag or in your wallet, wherever you got it, the app's running on your phone and the Bluetooth, it's paired by Bluetooth. Once that, that you know how you move out of a 10-meter range? Mm. Once you get out of that range, once the device and the phone are more than 10 meters apart, the alarm goes off. Very nice stuff. Secure for bag, S-E-C-U-4. B-A-G-S, Secure for Bags. I guess the best thing to do is go to techguide.com.au for that one, yeah, mate? Absolutely. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We'll have to defer our discussion on the success of digital radio or the perceived success of digital radio until next week, but, uh, mate, 25 episodes, a quarter of a century down, uh, plus a bit. Uh, mate, uh, thank you very much, and we'll talk again next week. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Thank Thanks, Trevor. And uh, you can find anything that I do at yourtechlife.com. <laughs>